Um, you might remember when we got, if you were here last year, when we had the APCM, I'd been here for five weeks. It wasn't very long. We weren't quite sure how the year was going to pan out. There weren't many of us in the building. We still were not worshipping in person. It feels like a long time ago, doesn't it? It's been a long year. And at that time, I asked you a question. It was this. What is your vision for your life? What are you hoping that God does in you and through you? And I would say that's still the best question. Like, What's your vision for your life? And what's God going to do in you and through you? Because fundamentally, the church is just kind of the accumulation of all the things that God is calling all the parts of it to. Now, most of what you're called to is probably not in this building. And so one of the things we need to think about is, as the church, what are we hoping for? So that's sort of an individual. What about as the church? What would you hope for our church? If you came back in five years' time, I hope that your aspiration wouldn't be that we'd be exactly the same. I hope we'd have aspirations of God doing all sorts of things and having moved us forwards in all sorts of, work, of ways. If we can have the slides up, please. Because the readings that we've had, so we've been thinking about connecting. That was what I launched last year. We are not done with that, so we are partway through thinking about four lots of connecting. Next slide, please. Peter and Paul had planted the church in Rome, and this is our second reading. It's probably too small for you to read it, but it has a whole list of people. And if we just clicked on a little bit more, so we have got a whole bunch of women, and I had to uh, look up some of them to check that they really were women. And then we go on to the next slide, and we see that we've also got a whole bunch of men. We've got people who uh, were co-workers with Paul. Paul got to write a lot of the letters, but actually there's a huge number of people here who are involved. And I'm sure there would have been more if he hadn't run out of ink. Among those are those who risked their lives, those who went to prison, those who faced testing times, those who came to faith and became Paul's friends. I don't know if you picked up how many times he says, dear friend, my dear friend, so-and-so. There's a real connection among the people of God. And that's one of the things that we've very much thought about as a church. Not just working hard to see Jesus' kingdom come, but also being friends with each other. So if we could move forwards a little bit, please. One more. And one more after that. One day we'll get a clicker. That's my aspiration for our church. Next one, please. Perfect. So we are going to have a little look through what are these four areas of connection? What have we seen happen? What are we yet to see happen? So a key part of the vision was thinking about being family together, being good friends with each other. And so if you look back over the year, you might have been to some barbecues, some picnics. We had a Palmo night. Palmos were actually nice, a bit of a surprise to me. We did walks on the beach. We did walks in the mountains. We've done all sorts of things. We've had ladies' night, Prosecco and puddings and so on. A lot of things to help us connect with each other again. I've been praying for a barn dance. That's one of the things. I don't know if the rest of you are on board with that. But I love a barn dance, mainly because I can't dance. Someone who tells you what to do is always a bonus. 
But the chance for us to connect with each other is really important. And it's one of the things we're going to continue to do, not just for those who are part of our group, part of the church already, but also for those who are yet to be perhaps part of our church. One of the things that Jan and I have been working on is how do we help people to get to know each other across our different groups? So every month we have messy church on a Sunday afternoon. There's about 75 or so of us. How do we help messy church people and people who come on a Sunday to get to know each other? How do we do the same for play and praise? How do we kind of get to know each other? Because in the midst of that, we become encouraged and people start to get to know really what Jesus is all about. The other half of our desire about being family is about discipleship. Paul tells the church at Corinth, reminds them that he is their spiritual father. I wonder who are the people in your life who are discipling you? Not just friends, but people who ask you really good questions to help you to grow as a disciple of Jesus. It's one of the best marks of a healthy church, the proportion of the church who are part of a discipleship relationship with at least a couple of other people. Here are some of the questions that I find helpful when you're trying to do discipleship. How is your relationship with God going? How is your view of God changing? Where are you seeing him at work in you and through you? Is there anything he's asking you to drop at the moment? It's those kind of questions that cross over all different parts of our lives and help us to grow as Christians. I remember someone saying to me years ago, they said, in your Christian life, are you at Groundhog Day? Do you live the same year every year? Or actually, are you seeking to go further and deeper with God? Are you seeking for your comfort zone to expand as you step out of it? What are your hopes for your own life of faith? So I wonder for you today, are you in a discipleship relationship? Because if you're not, you're missing out. Whether you want to join a life group, whether you want to join a triplet, whether you want to just approach a couple of other people and say, will you meet with me every couple of weeks? Ask me some questions, we'll look at the Bible, we'll pray for each other. Those are the things that will really help us to move forwards. Dare I say, they will help more than this will. Probably a lot more than this will. Sundays are brilliant. I love praying and praising. I love that. But actually, it's those informal conversations that help us to move forwards the most. Our second connection that we said we'd make is with our friends. I encourage you at the start of the year to spend some time having fun. I hope you have had some fun this year. That you've gone out with your friends, that you've gone to the pub or gone for a walk or gone whatever. Because we don't want to be people who are so in the church that we fail to be out there in the world. So our second thing is about having really good friends. We want to be loving people, valuing them. But we also want to be confident in our story. And so we've run this year some sharing faith courses, some of you came to, about how do you share your story with somebody else. And we also ran some things, some exploring faith courses for the people who don't yet have faith to explore what's it all about. And we'll be doing a bit more of that this year. 
that really is fundamental to who we are as a church, and particularly a church who wants to plant. Can I tell you, I've met lots of churches who've tried to plant when they haven't got used to how to make new disciples in the first place. And that then means you're scuppered. Because <laughs> your church plant is never going to be able to reach out and help people come to faith if you haven't done that before you've gone. So that's one of the things that we're going to focus on. How do we tell our stories? Now, in our church, we've got at least 10 people who are really good at this. I won't ask you to wave, but we've got a lot of people in this church who are really good at that, coming alongside people, sharing their stories, helping people come to faith. So if you're sitting there this morning thinking, I'm rubbish at that, then I can pair you with somebody else who will help to sort of mentor you, who will meet with you and say, well, where are you up to in it? Where have you got stuck? Let me give you some tips and have a bit of an ongoing journey helping each other in that. The third thing that we were focused on this year was being in our communities, being a blessing to our neighbours. And we've tried to do that in all sorts of different ways. The youth did that last summer. They were loving their neighbours all around here. We did all sorts for the benefit of people who were in our community. And we have tried to do that more. The Communities Working Party has done a great job. And they've met with different agencies, with the council. We're meeting with the local police to say, how can we work with you? We're working with, to a greater extent with schools. And the Life Exhibition was a good example of that, which you might have seen in the hall just a few weeks ago. Uh, Judith, Ruth and Jen have started the Ukrainian Hosts Facebook group, which has been brilliant. And you know, it's been so good, we're going to start a cafe for hosts and people coming across that's going to meet fortnightly. And Judith wrote to the council and said, we're going to do this. And they wrote to all the hosts across Teesside and said, would you like to come to All Saints? Because this is what they're doing. I would love us to be known as that church who wants to see the very best for our communities. Do you know, if you went out onto the street there on our banner, it says about loving God, loving our communities. And one of the things someone said to me about eight months ago or so, when we first started to think about it, they said, I don't know if it's true yet, but it's where we want to be. I think we're partway there. One of the things that uh, Mikey and I are going to do this year is to draw a big rectangle in the hall on the wall so that we can put our first names in it. And where are we during the week? Where are we doing good? Because I think lots of us are already out there in lots of ways doing good, seeing our communities change. And we'd like to join the dots so that we're celebrating those things that happen in and outside of our church. My dream is that we'd walk up to someone in the park and I'd say to them, we're at All Saints Church. And they wouldn't say, where's that? <laughs> at the moment, they say that. They go, where is that? And I say, the Green Spire. And they go, oh, it's the Methodist Church. And I said, no, it's the Green Spire. But what I'd love them to say is, it's the church that feeds my neighbor or goes into my kid's school or does good wherever. Like that's, what, that's where we're aiming for, really, to be that church that more and more does good outside of our walls. Finally, we decided to focus on our relationship with those across Teesside and across the wider diocese. I will send these round, by the way, so that you can actually read them. I realised I was a little bit optimistic. <laughs> 
And so we're thinking about planting. We sent a plant out last year, didn't we, to St. Paul's? And it's been great to hear how that's going. We still need to pray and support them. But we're also thinking, how else can we plant? And so the idea I come up with is a starfish model. Do you know anything about starfish? There's some clever stuff about starfish. So a starfish, in all of its arms, it has the DNA that's at the middle. And so for our church, we, are gonna, we, you know, we run Connect, we run Youth Things, we run all sorts of things in the community. They're sort of the arms. But does anyone know the next clever thing a starfish can do? It can do something very clever. The arm can just go off by itself and form a whole new starfish. It's pretty clever, isn't it? And so that's sort of one of my aspirations, really, that as we grow, as we are out in the communities, that maybe some point we say, oh, that arm, that could be a whole starfish. I wonder if that went off and planted a whole new church that would be still linked to us, but perhaps we'd send out a team and we'd do a bit more in that regard. In addition, across Teesside, we've been working about things like Pentecost praise. Uh, Amy's going to be preaching. I'm leading some of the ministry, and we're going to be doing a bit more there. So that's Pentecost at Stockton Parish Church. We've been working with the diocese. We are one of the churches they would love to invest in and to see plant and to see grow. And we're starting to have some of our own pioneers trained so they can go out and to help people. We've also started our Pioneer Think Tank this year, and already that's yielded some new things that are not happening in the building, but are happening in the community. And that's very much our direction of travel. We want, like Paul's church family in Rome, to serve out of a place where we love Jesus first, where we are family, we are dear friends, where we love our communities, where we're creative where we're entrepreneurial in our engagement, where we've got ideas and we say, we're going to try this and see what God's doing. So I wonder, out of all of those things that I've shared, what is there that, that you think, oh yeah, I like that. What is there that you think, I'd like to be involved in that? What are some of your other thoughts? So just take a second, have a think, and then by all means talk to the person near you, and then we'll have a few questions, because... This needs to be something that we kind of come up with together and we wrestle with and we decide, where's God calling us in all of this? So do have a think, have a talk, and then we'll have some questions. It's bigger at the back in case you're struggling. <laughs>
Okay, if you've got a question or a thought, give us a wave. Rachel's going to come and bring you a microphone. It's great. So anyone want to kick us off with a question, a thought, something they'd like to raise? Great. Jeremy's first. You haven't said anything about the building program. What's the situation there? That is a great question. So the question was, what about the building program? So we have uh, the building program reach that we've got kind of two stages of the way through. Could you just give me a wave if you were involved in reach? A few of you. Okay, brilliant. Um, we've been continuing to kind of pray and think and ponder on that, really. I think one of the challenges for reach, the building project, was it doesn't fundamentally increase this space. And that causes us a bit of a problem. And the reason is that in this space, we top out at about 200. And the problem that we have in that, which is a lovely problem to have, is that we have so many children and young people that we don't then have enough adults to form enough new teams to then plant more, you know, to send out other teams. So if we wanted to, for example, send out 25 adults, we don't have 25 extra adults in the building who are not part of some sort of service already, so therefore, we'd need, ideally, a bigger space here. So one of the questions is, do we knock that way and just go all the way along there and flatten that room and just go all the way along at some point? Um, that would up us by about 100, we reckon, which would mean that then you could go big enough to plant. So that's one of the thoughts. There's other thoughts that we're kind of kicking around as well, but it seems silly to build when building materials have gone through the roof in terms of price. So we thought, we don't need to do this right now. So let's pray and think. But if you've got thoughts and you've been praying and thinking about it, that would be great. But if we're going to do any building, I think this bit's got to get bigger somehow. And I think we've got to have thought about the fact that the youth are already pretty maxed out at their building. So we've got about 40 young people, if not more, who meet in the youth room. That's pretty much capacity. So again, we need to think, what do we do about that? These are all lovely problems to have, by the way. But if we're going to plant, I think we need to be strategic. How do we grow big enough to then send teams out to be able to do that? But have a pray, have a think. I'm not about to drop a bill on us and a, and a plan at the moment. Like We need to really kind of pray this through and decide what, we, what, we're, what we'd like to see happen and what God wants us to do. Thank you. Um, any other questions? No other questions? Oh, Dave's got a question down the front. Probably just part of my lack of understanding, but the parish share, when John was saying about the money, hmm. seems a ridiculous amount of money. It is. Are we able to reduce that? Hmm? Okay. And can you explain what the parish share is? Because I have no idea what it is. Yes. So, parish share. If you're not sure what parish share is, um, parish share goes to the diocese to pay for all sorts of things. One of those things is me. So out of the wages that you saw on the diagram, that doesn't include me. Now, I'm not being paid £104,000. <laughs> <laughs> but it also goes to pay for churches which are working in poorer areas than ours, and so supports lots and lots of things that couldn't happen otherwise. So that's kind of what it goes towards. In terms of what it does, I would say that having moved diocese, our diocese is amazingly missional. 
Every meeting I'm in, they're saying, how can we grow the church? How can we reach people? How can we make new disciples? So I don't really have a, a massive problem with the parish share because I think we are trying to be missional as a diocese. If we weren't, I would be absolutely saying I'm irritated with this because we'd be giving money to a waste of time. But I think it is going to the place it should be. I do think the parish share cannot continue to go up in the way that it has been. And it is a lot of money. Yeah? But I think there is that kind of balance, isn't there? If you were to go to lots of churches across our area, you would find a lot, a lot of poor areas. And so one of the things that we do is to help to support them by adding money into the pot. But if you want to know more about the parish share, please do talk to me. Or perhaps even Mags might have some wisdom on this. Because she's involved with the diocesan finance. It's a good question. Anything else you'd like to ask? Great. Uh, thank you. Just following on um, from what Dave said, you are an extremely busy man, Matt. We all know that. And having this church, the other church, I think you've mentioned something about applying to have a curate. Yep. Um, assigned. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and timings, etc.? Brilliant. Um, so curates, if you're not quite sure what a curate is, a curate is like an apprentice vicar. I think that's probably the easiest way to describe what they are. And they're in a church for three to four years. And one of the things that I've been doing is deliberately being involved with the diocese. So involved with church planting. I'm partly involved helping to select new vicars at different stages. And part of that is because it's good. And part of that is I want the diocese to know we're on board and we want to see churches thrive and grow. And so therefore, when we applied for a curate about four months ago, they said, yeah, we'd love to look at that. Now, they haven't said yes, definitely yet. It would be for 2023 because they select a year in advance. So the person would, if we had someone, they would start uh, about August 2023. But I've been told that we are very favoured in the diocese. They would love to give us a curate. And so when uh, Rachel, for example, has been with us uh, from Cranmer, uh, one of the things that the diocese therefore have said is her placement was really good and beneficial. And this will be a great place to have a curate. So that is definitely on our agenda, something that we'd like to see, partly to help me uh, and partly, I think, for our own benefit as well as a church and for them. Because to train somewhere that isn't growing is not exactly uplifting, is it? So it'll be, this would be a good place for someone to train. Great. Any other questions, things you'd like to ask? Okay. Brilliant. Well, let's just uh, pray together and then Martin's going to come and lead our, our intercessions for us. Thank you, Rachel. So God, we thank you for all that you are doing among us. God, we pray that this year would not be a groundhog year for any of us in faith, but you would lead us deeper. God, give us those discipleship people who walk alongside us who will encourage us and challenge us, who will inspire us. And perhaps there's people whose faces have just popped into your minds now that you think, oh, they'd be good to ask, to meet with me, to, to encourage me. Lord, we pray for our friends and those who are yet to be our friends. God, make us a really welcoming and even more welcoming place. 
And Father, we thank you for all the places that you are already using us in our communities where we live, where we find ourselves. Lord, make us brave that your gospel works, that your news is good. Lord, give us confidence that people are already hungry to hear about you. And Father, we do pray for St. Paul's, Father, that it would thrive and grow. And we pray for this diocese, for the areas which are struggling. We know lots and lots of churches have no children or young people, but desperately want to. Father, would you help us to play our part in encouraging growth in churches across this area? And Lord, we pray that we would be family, that we would be dear friends to each other. Father, reveal more of yourself this year, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.